The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. On a night long ago in the town of Bethlehem, there were shepherds tending to their fields and watching their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Then a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and all authority will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Oh, come, let us adore him. Welcome to First Baptist Church on one of two high holy days. The other one being that of Easter, of course. But we wouldn't have had Easter without having Christmas, without having Christ born. We're so glad to have I have so many new faces out here and visitors with us tonight, and I'm thrilled with that. Uh, one of my members said, I don't recognize a lot of people. And I said, I don't either. I don't. <laughs> but I'm sure glad they're here. But you know what? Most of all, we, we're thankful that the Holy Spirit is here, and the person of Jesus Christ is with us and among us. And the Christ of Christmas, five names were given Jesus Christ long centuries before. He came down from his throne above to open heaven's door. Isaiah calls him wonderful, how well this prophet knew this person and the works of love that he on earth would do. And next he calls him counselor. Ah, this he is indeed. And oh, how blessed we are today when we his counsel heed. The mighty God, yes, he alone has conquered death and sin. And faith in his atoning blood will heaven for us win. The everlasting Father, this may seem a little odd, but with the Father Christ is one, Redeemer and true God. The Prince of Peace, how true this is. The angels knew it too. He brought a heavenly peace when he was born for me and you. May we remember these five names and never once forget the Savior who was thus portrayed is here among us yet. And he came here and he lived a perfect life for about 33 years and died of a curious death, dying for you, dying for me, to pay the price for our sins that we could have eternal life by putting our faith and our trust in him. Tonight we celebrate Christmas.
have our own angelic choir. Thank you all so very much. It's often said that there's something magical about Christmas. In fact, I was looking at a Christmas card today that talked about the magic that is Christmas, but uh, the lights, the joy, the family, the presents, the children, and all of that, it's not really magical. It's a miraculous time. We often use the term miracle much too loosely. Something that happens that was improbable, uh, we say was miraculous. But if it's improbable but could happen, then it's not really a bona fide miracle. Something that we weren't expecting, we refer to as a miracle. But those uses of that word are technically wrong. What is a miracle? According to the dictionary, it's an event that appears inexplicably by the laws of nature and is so held to be supernatural in in origin that it is a gift of God and an act of God. The Greek language tends to be much more explicit than is English, and the word used here for miracles in the New Testament is the word dunamis, which is the power or inherent ability. It's used of supernatural origin, supernatural character, and could not be produced by natural agents and means. A second relevant Greek word is the simian, which means a sign or a token or a mark. It's become very popular in today's culture, especially with history channels and public television, to explain away the so-called miracles of Christmas, the miracles of Easter, the miracles of of just knowing the Lord, uh, and and the miracles of the Bible. For example, the Red Sea didn't really dry up. Uh, It didn't really stop flowing. Rather, it just kind of was at a drought time of the year, and so there was very little water in it. And Jesus didn't really die on the cross. He just passed out. And so he, re- he later on revived in the tomb. Or if he did die, he didn't really rise from the dead physically. He rose spiritually, kind of in a symbolic way. And Adam and Eve weren't real people. They were merely fictional characters and tales and stories generated by tribal people who are trying to explain their origins. And on and on and on it goes. I submit for your consideration, it's easier to believe God's word sometimes than to believe what the people who try to explain it away teach. Uh, How did Israel walk through on dry ground and then Pharaoh's army get drowned in that 
Red Sea that was parted? Uh, how is it that the tortured body of Christ, having endured all it endured, and in the end having a spear piercing his heart, suddenly revived in the tomb? And if he didn't literally rise physically, what is with the empty tomb and the folded grave clothes? And how did life begin? How did anything begin if there was not a cause that was greater than the effect? Christians believe that God spoke and suddenly everything was. And those who would deny that miracle say that there was a big explosion and then there was everything that was in order and, and fully arranged the way that it ought to be and all the planets in, in their right uh, orbits and so on. But explosions very seldom result in, uh, in order. They usually result in disorder and chaos. Several of the miracles of the Bible are associated with Christmas. There's the star that we talked about this morning. Balaam's prophecy was the first one to refer to it in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Jesus' star, we talked about this morning, was a special one. Whether it was uh, an actual star or some other heavenly body, it was a light emanating from heaven that God placed in the heavens to guide the Persians to the town of Bethlehem. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men, magi, from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. The first miracle that we talk about is the miracle of the star that God put in the heavenlies. Oh 
The star was the first miracle of Christmas that we talk about tonight. The second miraculous thing was the angels that they have heard on high. The angelic appearances, first of all, the Virgin Mary. And again, trying to imagine what she must have thought. There had never been a virgin birth. The whole idea was ridiculous in the minds and hearts of the people around her and probably in her own heart before that momentary meeting with an angel who explained that the holy thing that would be conceived in her would be the Son of Almighty God, would be the Messiah, would be the promised one, the promised one all the way promised from the Garden of Eden when they fell into sin and they were promised that they would have a deliverer. And so to Mary, the angel in the sixth month, angel Gabriel, sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God under the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And you know how she reacted? She magnified the name of the Lord. She rejoiced in the blessings of God. And she said, Be it unto me as you so wish. And so she became the mother of the Son of Almighty God. The angel then appeared to Joseph because Joseph was over in the corner scratching his head. (laughs) He had never heard of a virgin birth either. He was not sure he was buying that whole story about an angel and all of that. And so Mary was the spouse to Joseph, but before they came together, before there was any physical relationship, before they knew each other intimately, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost by the agency of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Need I remind you that under the Old Testament law, she could have been stoned to death. Joseph loved her. Joseph didn't seek to have her stoned to death, but he was thinking the only remedy was to have her put away and and not go through with the marriage uh, as they were espoused already. But when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, now son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and the Holy Spirit caused Matthew to write these words in verse 25, and he knew her not until she brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. This was not Joseph's son. This was God's son. Mary was the mother. To the shepherds then next the angels appeared in Luke 2 verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were very afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is called the Christ. And this shall be the sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that as the angels were gone away, From them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You know what else the Bible says? The Bible says they, they heralded the news to everywhere. They told everyone they could tell about this amazing newborn baby king in Bethlehem of Judea. What child is this?
the virgin birth, some people think we make a too big a deal out of that in church. It's not a believable thing, but of course we believe it's a miraculous thing. We believe that Isaiah foretold it in the seventh chapter of the book of the prophet of Isaiah, verse 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Virgin's birth just don't happen, but they did. It did. That night, 2,020-some years ago in Bethlehem of Judea. But it was more than just a mom conceiving a human child. It was much more than that. It was a unique combination of God and man in the person of Christ. He had a heavenly father. He had an earthly mom. The thing that God could not do is die, but in a human body he could, and he did, and he took up his life again. The doctrine is called the doctrine of the incarnation, another miracle. Beside the virgin birth, another miracle, separate miracle, because God took up residence in the womb of a young girl. And God became flesh. Luke says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign, that Simeon that we talked about earlier, unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And remember, it wasn't the Hotel Dell that he was born in. It wasn't even Coronado Hospital, Sharps Hospital he was born in. It wasn't even a home he was born in. It was a stable in which he was born. And in that stable, there were no fine beds, but what there was was a feed trough that no doubt David, uh, Joseph cleaned out as much as he possibly could and put in some fresh straw or hay. And there, after they wrapped the newborn baby tightly in those swaddling clothes, they laid him in that manger. God came, not born in a palace, but born in a stable. And he did so for you and for me. Paul said in Galatians 4, but when the fullness of time was come, it took a long time from the Garden of Eden till Bethlehem, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because of his birth, subsequent death and resurrection, we can be adopted into the family of God. We become God's kids. God's men, God's women. There have been other humans who thought themselves to be gods. Hirohito, the 124th Japanese emperor, was thought to be God by many of his subjects and even was worshipped as such. Julius Caesar claimed deity. Herod was regarded as a god, but later was eaten by worms, the New Testament tells us. Some pharaohs considered themselves to be gods or intermediators, but there's only one. Only one god? man, Christ Jesus, and only one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Would you stand and join the praise team as they sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel.
miracles of Christmas, the star, the angels, the virgin birth and incarnation, fulfilled prophecy. The greatest miracle of all was that God was born as the God-man, a unique combination of man and everlasting God. In Philippians, you may be seated. In Philippians, you look tired. Go ahead and be seated. In Philippians chapter 2, one of the most beautiful passages in the scriptures, I think, talking about Christ, who being in the form of God, and that word there in the original language in which it was written is the morphe, the appearance, the exact replication. Not a little bit like God, but in the exact replication, Jesus Christ, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He laid down his life for us. Why would I talk about the death on a Christmas night? Well, it's interesting to me, I believe, that Christ told us to remember his death. He never commanded us to remember his birth. We do that because we know in order to him, for him to die, he had to have been born. There had to be that day that he came into this world. But, but he said, remember his death, because it's the death and the burial and the resurrection that is the gospel of Jesus Christ that transforms sinners like me and makes us children of God and makes us able to live forever and ever in his presence and in a place called heaven, which, by the way, is not sitting on clouds strumming on harps. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of boring. I mean, after the first thousand years, you'd have some awesome calluses, but, you know, it just wouldn't. It, it's not. But heaven is a place where we continue to live. God created us with creative abilities. He created us with skills. He created us with desires and and those things aren't going to end when we go to heaven. They're going to be freer and more wonderful than they ever were upon this earth. And it's because Jesus Christ was born as he said he was going to be. Over 300 different prophecies dealing with the idea that Jesus Christ, where he was going to be born, when he was going to be born, why he was going to be born, how he was going to be born, over 300 prophecies. We've We've gone over one, two, three, four miracles. There'll be one more talking about the wise men, but there are over 300 of them dealing with the person of Christ coming into this world and giving himself as a ransom for you and for me. And so this Christmas, why don't you give yourself? Or yeah, let him give you the gift of everlasting life. Give yourself peace and by accepting what Christ has done for us. Let's sing the song. O holy night.
think of Christmas music, those are the kinds of songs I think about what they've been singing tonight. I don't think so much about grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Ever since my wife turned into a grandma, I kind of don't like that song very much anymore. <laughs> but I like these hymns because they're based on things that happened, real miracles that took place. We talked about the miraculous star that appeared and guided wise men. We talked about the angels that appeared to Mary, then to Joseph, and then to many others. And then we talked about the virgin birth and the incarnation and what a miracle those two things were, and then fulfilled prophecy, and then last of all, the wise men. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and they worshiped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And those gifts, as we mentioned this morning, were gifts befitting of a king. The gold out of which crowns were made, the gold out of which rings were made and scepters were made in many cases. Sometimes thrones were overlaid with solid gold. The temple, the walls of the holy place were overlaid with solid gold. Speaking of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he was truly that. Not only gold, but then there was frankincense, which was an anointing oil specially made for the priests, the Aaronic priesthood and on down uh, through the ages, they were anointed with a special anointing oil, and it was fitting that Christ, who is the high priest above all others, would be anointed with that. And then there was myrrh. The myrrh was used for anointing priests also, but primarily it was used in the embalming and in the preservation of the corpses. When a person died, they would treat them with myrrh and then wrap them tightly in linen. So these gifts were gifts befitting of a king. Secular so-called science tries to explain this miracle of the, of the star and the wise men following it away by saying something like this. I wrote down several years ago. It said it's a it was a conjunction of the retrograde of Jupiter and the star Regulus low in the sky. And I said, huh? <laughs> it was a heavenly body with light shining, guiding people to the newborn king. And so... What we know is that wise men followed it and found the Messiah. In my opinion, wise people still follow the light from heaven, and they find the Messiah. He who sees no star is not stable. Tonight we see a star, and that star is Jesus Christ, Son of God, in, by his Father's side right now, but coming back one day in great power and might, riding a white horse, coming again. Have you prayed for that lately? I have. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But until then, we will remember his lowly birth in a place called Bethlehem of Judea. Until then, we'll talk about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Until then, the symbolism that we are about to experience is that of the gospel being passed from one person to another as the shepherds saw and beheld the newborn child. They took that message and began to share it with others.
dark it is, and just one light lights up a room, and then many lights light it up even more. What we need to do is leave this place tonight and light up our world for Jesus Christ. Shine that light that he gave us initially. Let everybody know that there is a Savior in heaven. There's a God who loves them and died on the cross for them so they can have eternal life. Let's sing one more verse as you stand together as we sing this unto the Lord. May God bless you and give you a merry and a blessed Christmas and a wonderful new year. Thank you for being God's house tonight. Amen. Amen.